You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am, you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Peter Watts joining us back in the studio. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be here again. Good to have you here. Now, Peter, we have you obviously on your program or this program. We're just uh, doing a short series, three programs on Jonah. Mm. Uh, Previously, we were doing The Apprenticeship. But we're here on part number three, part three of Jonah today. Now, we're going to be taking a break shortly. We, well, yes. We're a going to a be live taking, break. <laughs> I was going to say, we'll be taking a break from live radio. In fact, uh, people can still access some of the um, programs that we have put together. So we, you know, last year we, we, we um, had a program called Searching for Certainty. And uh, people can still access, access that via the website. It's mm. um, faithfm.com.au. That's it. That's it. I think that's the one. And so you can search for that. And then, of course, earlier in this, this year, we did the apprenticeship. which was all about being a disciple of Jesus and uh, based on the book Steps to Christ. And so we would encourage people to have a listen to that. And then... Um, yes. We will actually be replaying some of those episodes uh, over the coming weeks Well, that'll as be well. good. Yeah, mm. I think that will be good. And so, um, and then, yes, we've recently um, just taken a look at Jonah. In fact, I think it will be good to, um, at some point in the future maybe, um, take a look at some of the other minor prophets in the Bible because mm. obviously sometimes they don't get perhaps as they, much attention as they, some of the other books. They get neglected, yeah. And uh, probably I would say that the book of Jonah is probably the most famous of the, the minor prophets mm. simply because of the fantastic story uh, that you have mm. within the covers. And so, um, yeah, it's been interesting. I've always been fascinated by the book of Jonah. It's funny, um, listeners may uh, may be aware that I, I grew up in a secular situation. I was not a, a believer in God or a believer in the Bible. And when I first started uh, coming to faith and started studying the Bible, um, I remember one pastor said to me, in fact, it was the pastor who was studying with me before I got baptized, and he said to me uh, something about the story of Jonah. I said, which book's that in? <laughs> and he said, the book of Jonah. <laughs> and he was quite, you know, he was fairly aghast that I wouldn't know that. And so... Um, yeah, I came to to all of this as a blank sheet of paper, really. Today, uh, Peter, we're going to review, I guess, our episode from last week. If, if you want to hear our last episode, Peter's mentioned already, you can go and listen to it on our website. But also the Faith FM app is a great way to listen to our past content that's recorded. Every one of our programs is recorded and uploaded onto the Faith FM website and also uh, is available through the app. So go to your app store, your Google app store, Apple app store, download the Faith FM Australia app and you can listen to that. It's, it's also a good way of listening too. So if you it are is. in an area of Tasmania you or Australia... You can listen live. You can correct. listen live on yeah, that. Yeah, you can listen mm. live on that. So I often do that too sometimes mm. when I'm driving around, depending where you can get coverage. Um, but the Faith FM app is a good way to listen. I frequently do that. Tasmania is a very challenging place to get good radio coverage, and so there are some We love some our spots. wilderness, Jason. We love uh, our wilderness. It's the mountains. <laughs> the mountains get in the way of the radio signals. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's a great way to listen if you're in a patchy spot. Um, go and grab the app, and you can listen to it live, all of our live programs and past programs. So. 
Awesome. So, Peter, I guess we'll uh, start with a bit of a review where we've come from. Mm. So we um, have looked at, so far, three chapters of Jonah. It, they're actually quite short chapters. I think there are 11 verses in today's mm. uh, chapter, which is chapter 4. And last week we looked at chapter 3 and 2. I think there are 10 verses in each of those. So um, they're not long chapters, but they are packed with fascinating material. Um, and of course, so the story opens up with God giving Jonah a message. Jonah comes from Israel. He's to take a message to Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria, and Assyria was a fairly brutal regime. And uh, God was uh, telling them that judgment was coming. They needed to uh, hear and, and know that judgment was coming. And so he was given a message to take to them. He decided he didn't want to do that, and he fled in the opposite direction. He took a ship uh, out there from Joppa out to the Mediterranean, and uh, he was on his way to Tarshish, and a storm came up. God, God brought a storm to that ship, and uh, the people on the ship had no idea, and they were you know, wondering what was happening. He said, it was, it's because of me, basically. And they uh, said, well, what can we do? Throw me overboard. Mm. Sacrifice me. Jonah was had gotten to the place where he realized that running from God was not going to work, and he was willing to sacrifice himself to save others, which uh, was an important lesson, I think. And then, of course, God has this great fish, which is uh, at the end of chapter one. It's interesting, isn't it, that up until that point that he was in the fish, mm. he didn't really call out to God. But mm. when he's in that moment, and, and we're so often like that, aren't we? That we sail along, and you know, we we perhaps turn our back on God, but when something challenging hits us, you know, severely challenging, mm. life and death type situations, yeah. it seems to be the time when we. That's when we call out to God. I wonder, you know, sometimes we press God into that, don't we? We push God to a place where Mm. he's got to do something to get our attention. Mm. And, you know, we can, you know, in our sometimes in our younger years, we can run from God. We can use the best years of our life running from God. We could, uh, you know, lose our way. We could lose our family. We might lose our health. And then we might cry out to God. Mm. And some people don't even cry out to God at that point. Mm. But I think that, um, you know, God is, is waiting for his children to to cry out to him for help and to, to be able to deliver them. And I think that, um, yeah, Jonah finally gets to the end of himself in a way where he's willing to say, throw me overboard. I know why the storm's here. It's not going to stop. Throw me overboard. And then the storm does stop, of course. And mm. those people uh, are actually turned to God by that event. And then Jonah is swallowed by this great fish that God prepares. It's a miraculous fish. And uh, then chapter two is a prayer from the belly of the fish, you know, mm. where he actually is talking to God, amazed that he is alive, probably, um, and then wondering, how am I going to get out of this? I mean, it's just interesting in that storm, you know, it says specifically that God sent the yeah. storm. You know, what's interesting in the observation there is that through that storm, God meant no harm to either Jonah or the mariners, yeah, because he had a plan to save both of them. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, it is. Cre- I mean, it is amazing to see how God works things out in this story. Mm. So he prays. Jonah prays in chapter two, at the beginning of chapter three. It says the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, and God gives Jonah a second chance because God's not done with Jonah, and He's also not done with the Ninevites. You know, Jonah doesn't want to take this message to them, but God has a message for Nineveh, mm. and as we're going to see. 
it has a positive uh, impact. So you have Jonah delivering the, the message, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's Jonah 3, 4. It's a very uh, blunt warning message. Mm. Yet 40 days, mm. Nineveh is going to be overthrown. And we did mention that the word overthrown means turned upside down. Mm. Uh, or even converted, mm. which uh, we can see from the end of the story is, is what was intended. Mm. And, uh, of course, eventually the people, uh, they repent. The, the, it comes to the king, he repents. The whole of the people repent. He even has the animals, uh, you know, repenting. And um, it says in verse, I think we're going to pick this up now, 3, 9, and 10. We just pick up the end of verse uh, chapter 3 so we can start thinking yeah. about chapter 4. So it says, who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. All right. So this is, a, so this is the king saying, who can tell? Maybe God, this king, this pagan king, this um, king of the Ninevites, he is thinking... Whatever he knows about God, he knows that God has the capacity to relent from this uh, this danger, mm. and so um, he he knows that repentance is going to change the outcome for Nineveh, mm. and uh, and so he says we might as well give it a go. We've got nothing else to lose, and they repent. And I want you to notice it says God saw their good works that they turned from their evil way. Repentance always has a visible. Um, consequence i suppose or result mm. Mm. and so it's not simply that it's something internal it actually you see it on the outside of a person too you know i'm just thinking of the parallels here we haven't talked about this but there's so much parallels between this message for nineveh that jonah had to deliver and the time in which we live today absolutely we have a message that christ is coming back mm. and if people don't turn from their way there is a limited time yeah there is a limited time for planet earth it's not going to go on like this forever. We, we can't say 40 days no, but we know right. that it, it's promised that's and, right um, and it's the same sort of message that, yeah that people need to turn back to god and i think about second peter chapter 3 where it says god is not willing that any should perish mm. but that all should come to repentance mm. this is what happened to nineveh and um, so, yes, God has a message, and it's a fairly um, it's it's a serious message. Mm. It's a warning message for planet Earth because yes, God wants us to come to Him, but at the same time, sometimes He needs to get our attention because we are running from Him, we're closing Him out, we're keeping Him at arm's length. God needs to get our attention in order to deliver that message, in order that we can turn to Him and live. Mm. And uh, we're going to be talking about Chapter Four when we come back after the break. We're going to ask you a question. I'm not sure if we can think of a, uh, a question at the moment um, that relates specifically to that warning message, but we did have a question that relates to our next section, which is called, which is, have you ever been angry at somebody for being kind, gracious and generous to another person? Have you ever been angry at someone for being kind or gracious? Text us in your answer on 488 This is How Deep the Father's Love by Chelsea Moon and Uncle Daddy. How deep the Father's love for us How vast beyond all measure That He would give His only Son to make a wretch his treasure 
Which mar the chosen one? Bring many sons to glory. Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're talking with Peter Watts. We're finishing off our short series on Jonah and we're on Jonah chapter 4 today. That's where we'll be focusing. Our title of the program is called Winners and Wingers. 
Peter, um, I think we need to get in and start reading Chapter 4 so that we can work out what this Winners and Whinges is all about. Yeah. Well, would you... uh, That's right. I think we just read uh, the end of Chapter 3 where it says that uh, God turned away his anger from Nineveh. He did not destroy the city and they were saved because they had repented at the preaching of Jonah. And so that's where we're at. So now what we want to do is pick up Jonah chapter 4, the first three verses there, Jonah 4 verses 1 to 3. It's uh, titled in the New King James Version, it's titled here, Jonah's Anger and God's Kindness. I think that's a very Mm. good title. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. Okay. Here he is. He's being a bit of a misery guy. He's, he's being a bit of a whinger. Uh, so I, I titled this chapter Winners and Whingers because yeah. usually you have winners and losers, right? Yes. And the losers are the whingers. Mm. You know, typically, oh, it was the umpire or whatever it might be. Um, but here you've got winners and whingers. Jonah is a winner, but he's whinging. Mm. In other words, you come out of this story and, you know, the mariners were saved, the Ninevites were saved. God has accomplished what he wants, which is the redemption of the people. Um, and Jonah has been the instrument through which that has been delivered. Mm. And yet Jonah is complaining, he's whinging because these people's lives have been saved. Mm. And uh, there's so much in this uh, that we'll, we'll sort of break some of this down. One of the things is that the story of Jonah is very much, we've mentioned this before in previous weeks, it's very much about the relationship between Jonah and God. Mm. It's between the relationship between God and his prophet as much as it is about what's happening in the background with the Ninevites. And so um, unlike any of the other minor prophets, this is more about the relationship between God and prophet than it is about what's actually happening elsewhere. Mm. It's not to say those other things aren't important. They're very important. It's just that it's the relationship of Jonah with God that's front and centre. So we can see here, and it explains very clearly, that um, Jonah was fleeing mm. out to Tarshish as far away as he could go because he was concerned that God would be kind and loving and gracious and save the people that he did not want saved. Exactly. And I think what's fascinating about that is Jonah knows the character of God well enough Mm. to believe that God's intention of going to Nineveh is not to destroy them, Mm. but to save them. Mm. And and he's revealing in the, particularly verse 2, that I knew you were going to do this. I knew you were going to try and save these people. And so I think that that's a fabulous thing that Jonah actually knows the character of God well enough to know that that's his intention, Mm. that God is... I mean, if you think about it, if God really wanted to destroy the Ninevites for their wickedness, and their wickedness was great... If God really wanted to destroy them, you wouldn't send Jonah. You wouldn't send anybody. You'd just just send the fire and brimstone. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's fascinating that Jonah has this in mind when he is asked by God, called by God, to to take that message initially. 
And I'm just uh, wondering if uh, our listeners have ever been in a situation where they have been angry about something because somebody was actually kind and gracious and forgiving. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I think that can happen sometimes in our own lives. We'd love to hear from you. Text us in your answer on 0488-880-891. But, yeah, it, um, Jonah was angry at God because he was. he was loving and kind and gracious. It's interesting. The very first word of Jonah chapter 4 is but. Yeah. Uh, and that's true if you look at the King James, the New King James, the Revised uh, Version, the NIV. The first word is always but, um, and it's in contrast to the fact that God relented, he saved, he redeemed, he didn't uh, destroy. But Jonah, it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And and I think that um, this is interesting for us because part of this story is not simply for us to reflect on Jonah, but rather to reflect on our own Mm. kind of attitudes which is why we've asked that question you just asked then yeah. is is what is my attitude towards those who are clearly in the wrong but are offered a pardon mm. or are offered compassion mm. or offered mercy or offered grace what is my attitude towards them and if it's like Jonah that we get exceedingly angry it's largely driven I think by they don't deserve it they don't deserve to be treated well. Look what they've done, right? And I think it, in part it um, hides or, uh, it, or sorry, rather it reveals the fact that we ourselves may not realise how much in need of God's grace we are ourselves. You know, if we are looking at others and saying, they don't deserve it, they shouldn't get it. Do I deserve it? Mm. Should I be getting God's we've, grace? We've talked about that before, I think, in a program where we were talking about justice, that we want justice for everyone else but ourselves. Yeah, that's right. No justice for me. I just want mercy, please. Mm. And uh, it is interesting that, uh, you know, the Bible reveals that God is a God of mercy and justice. Mm. And that actually is epitomized by what happens at the cross. Mm. So the cross is such a central part of the Christian faith because it reveals the character of God in mercy and in justice. Mm. And that is how God is, that's why God is described as love. God is love mm. because he's perfectly merciful and he's perfectly just as well. So at the cross, what you have is God granting us mercy by paying the price for our sins, but being just in saying there is a consequence for sin. Sin doesn't just get brushed under the carpet. It's not ignored. It's not in unimportant. Sin has a consequence. That consequence is death. But I'm going to pay that price. And that's the magic. It's the marvellous, uh, miraculous nature of the cross. Have you ever seen um, the video clips that uh, they come on social media, YouTube and, and Facebook of a guy who, uh, he's a judge. It's called Court in Providence. I have not seen that. And uh, it's a fascinating little... Um, exercise in in this 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 judge who has to make it's it's like you know things like parking fines and mm -hmm. traffic infringements and things like that but he he his endeavor is to actually apply compassion wherever he can and he even has a fund that people donate to that when somebody can't afford to pay a fine and he can see that they're genuinely sorry for you know the mistake they made 
that uh, he dips into that fund wow. and he pays their fine. And, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a really easy way for someone to understand the compassion of somebody, but how much more is that of, you know, what Christ how did for more? us? Exactly. It's a really good example, though, yeah. It is, because not only is the price that's paid enormous, but mm. the, the consequence for us is enormous. I mean, it's everlasting life. Mm. So, um, you know, it is, is interest, it's interesting. Um, one of the things I notice here in chapter 4, and we'll read some more of it in a moment, is that God has more trouble with Jonah than he does with the pagans. Mm. <laughs> uh, in other words... They repented. They yeah, were sorry. <laughs> the mariners on the boat, the yep. people of Nineveh, even the king himself, mm. all recognize that they've got a heart problem. Mm. They recognize that they've been behaving in selfish ways that have had negative impacts on others. Um, and that they, in the presence of God, they repent. Mm. Whereas uh, Jonah seems to be having a harder time recognizing his need of God's grace, even though he's just been miraculously delivered. Um, he seems to be only thinking about the the unjustness of forgiving somebody who's guilty. Mm. And uh, so it is interesting. You know, if you think about it, God has always had problems with his people understanding his mission and his message. If you look at the New Testament particularly and in the Old Testament too, God's biggest challenge is not so much reaching the people that don't know him, but actually getting the people that do know him to believe him mm. and carry out the message and mission that he's given to them. Uh, there's a passage in the New Testament where it says, and Jesus could not do many miracles there because of their yeah, unbelief. That's right. Yeah. And so, you know, this is something for us to think of, you know, whether you're listening today as someone who has believed in God for a long time, uh, whether you've believed in the Bible or whether, whether you're not, God is wanting for us to get to know him and put our faith and trust in him and to trust that what he says is true, that to trust that where he leads will lead to life and will lead to a better outcome. And so, uh, yeah, God has often had a problem with his own people believing him. After the break, we're going to talk about the next uh, the next verse, but I'm going to read it just for people to listen to or contemplate. Um, then the Lord said, "Is it right for you to be angry?" And uh, I'm going to, I question. guess, ask that question of ourselves as we go to the break. How do you feel when somebody gets let off the hook? Is it right for you to be angry about that? Uh, text us in your answer zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. This is The Faithful Love of Jesus by Stephen Curtis Chapman and Ricky Skaggs.
is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and this morning we're speaking with Peter Watts and uh, we're talking about the reluctant messenger, that's Jonah, and we're on chapter 4. Winners and whingers is what we're talking about. Now before the break we read verse 4, then the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Because Jonah was angry that God had saved the Ninevites. Mm. So... uh, We've got a bit more to read here and, and discuss, Peter. Well, you read a, um, a question as well that went along with verse 4. Ah, yeah. I just want you to repeat that yeah, question. Yeah, the question so was, was helpful. how do you feel or how do we feel when somebody gets let off the hook? Mm. So, yes, yeah, sometimes we, uh, it's interesting because we have this sense of justice that's sort of uh, almost built in, it's innate, that we expect certain things to follow certain other things. But we also have this innate notion of compassion or forgiveness or mercy Uh, and I think that's particularly true when we have children of our own right Mm. Um, where we recognize that our kids sometimes mess up and we want to you know we don't want to hammer them for the rest of their lives because of that mistake and so we want to uh, exercise a degree of mercy and compassion to them for that. For me personally, I think it depends on the attitude of the person. Mm-hmm. If somebody gets let off the hook but they haven't learned anything from that, then I can be very easily annoyed and angry about that. Because <laughs> you I, do demand, demand justice. I, well, yeah, I, I think that uh, it's important that people learn lessons in life. Mm. Whereas if somebody understands their mistake and is truly sorry for it, then I'm actually quite pleased mm. that, that 
somebody might be given some compassion and mercy. Right. So it really depends for me on the attitude of the person. You know what's fascinating in this story is in Chapter 3, which I know we focus on Chapter 4, the the fallout of all of this, but um, in Chapter 3, it's not like the Ninevites were begging God for mercy beforehand. They weren't coming to him in repentance. And so what does God do? God sends a strong message of judgment Mm. to them. Um, uh, which is interesting because that is the catalyst for them then repenting. Yeah. So in other words, I think God God is perfect and God gets this right where he knows which approach is going to provide the best chance mm. of a good outcome. And he gets this outcome, of course, and, and Jonah is angry about it. It's interesting. I can I sort of pick up... Um, you know, one of the things we might ask people, I think we've asked people uh, today in the, in the audience uh, question, uh, have you ever been angry with God? Mm. And the good news is God is still wor- willing to work with you if you have. Mm. You know, this is what happened with Jonah, that God is still working with and through Jonah, even though he, he uh, is angry with God. It kind of a little bit reminds me in the New Testament where you have the Pharisees who got angry at Jesus for healing various people so there was uh, a man who was healed by the pool of bethesda who'd been there 38 years Mm. and he heals him and he's carrying his bed around overjoyed to be able to walk again and the pharisees are saying who told you you could carry your bed around (laughs) you know and they're not very pleased about the fact that in their eyes uh, mercy and redemption have been given to this man because they equated ill health with, with judgment of God, yeah. they they thought, well, he's you know there because of that. Mm. There's another passage in chapter nine of John mm. in the New Testament where a man born blind is healed, and he's going around and and they're saying, "Who healed you? And what did we, you're not supposed to do it today, you know?" And they're sort of disappointed that salvation has come to these people. Mm. So it's kind of interesting. Um, but so it, it, it's often a human attitude. If um, I guess if our if our connection with God is not right, yes, then we'll often make that judgment. Right. So we can have our. I suppose we can be self righteous. We mm. can say, okay, I'm the standard by which we measure what is right and what is wrong and what is just and what is not, and therefore we can judge others without recognizing our own need of being mm. the recipients of that grace. We need to uh, finish this chapter, Peter, yeah, so, we do. so should we read on? on? Yeah, let's read 5 through 8, so, chapter so, 4. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter and sat under it in the shade, that he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah, that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned, the next day God prepared a worm, and so it damaged the plant and it withered. And it happened, when the sun arose, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat on Jonah's head, so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself, (laughs) again, (laughs) I put the again in there, and said, it is better for me to die than to live. (laughs) All right, here he is wishing himself to be dead again. And so he's gone outside the city, he's sitting under this... uh, this plant that's come up and he's very providing him a nice shade it's providing him a nice shade and if you've ever been to the middle east i mean you you don't need to go to the middle east you'll know that there's many places in australia where it gets very hot Mm. 
and uh, you're looking for shade. I mean, if you can, you know, you can imagine uh, driving around in the, the summertime, you're always looking for somewhere shady to park your car because it's absolutely scorching, uh, especially in certain parts of Australia. And uh, you're you're looking for somewhere some shade, and so Jonah is very appreciative of this plant that grows up that God has provided, by the way. Mm. Um, and then, of course, the God plant. gives him that which he appreciates. Then he takes it away, which he doesn't appreciate. Yeah. Um, and you know he is um, he's not happy about the Ninevites being saved. He's not happy about the discomfort he's now uh, feeling. I mean, he could go in there and you know share some time with the Ninevites you know there'd be shade inside the city somewhere um, but he's choosing he wants to see if maybe God will change his mind or what's going to happen with the city is there a, a lesson here for us in terms of our Christian walk with God is that you know when things are good we're happy yeah when things are not so good we can turn into I wish I was a dead. grumpy person, a whinger, <laughs> yeah, perhaps, and and that's not how God wants us to be, is it? No, you know, it's like, not. So God blessed him, and he was happy, but when it uh, went away, he was not so happy. Yeah, and I think that again, from my perspective, when I'm looking at this, yes, Jonah didn't want the Ninevites to get grace or salvation because they didn't deserve it, but he's not thinking about his own need of God, mm. and sometimes as believers. We can do this. Sometimes as believers, we can very quickly become self-righteous. Now I'm on the right side. When I was on the right side, I knew I needed God's mercy. Now I'm on the right side. Well, I I can sort of uh, forget sometimes how much I need God's mercy. Mm. I need it just as much as those who haven't received it yet. Mm. And so um, I think that's important for us to, to know. There's a passage in Luke seven forty seven where Luke is describing... The um, the situation where a woman Jesus has been invited to Simon's house. There's a lot of people there. And this woman comes in and he's washing Jesus's feet. Um, and uh, I want you to know. Um, yeah, we'll just read verse forty-seven. It says therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom who little is forgiven. The same loves little. All right, so uh, this woman comes and washes Jesus' feet and dries them with her hair. And Simon is thinking to himself, he's the owner of the house, he's thinking, if you knew what kind of woman this was, you wouldn't allow her to touch you. And Jesus is saying, uh, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. And he's saying, for whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. In other words, I think that Jonah felt that he was forgiven little. And he felt that the Ninevites were forgiven much. Mm. And so their response to God is of a people who, to all intents and purposes, were lost. Mm. You know, their future was going to be uh, coming to an end very quickly. Uh, but they repented and God gave them grace. Whereas Jonah, I think he thought, well, and I think this happens with a lot of us. We think, well, I'm not that bad. I mean, I know I'm a sinner, but I'm not that bad. And the reality is that we don't know ourselves sometimes. We, we think of ourselves as um, more righteous than we are, I think. Mm. And so... 
It's time for another break, Peter. We're going to have to uh, break there and come back. We've got yeah, we just a little bit more to discuss after the break and read. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, the book offer that we have for today is called Darkness Before Dawn, Finding Hope for the Future. This is by Ellen G. White. It's a small book, a sharing book. You can bring hope to others with this. Uh, it, it addresses questions like, do you think that the world around you is growing out of control? Have you ever wondered, why do innocent people suffer? Why are there so many problems in the world today? And why does it seem that no one has the solution? What really happens when a person dies? Why the decline in moral values in society? What will the end, the end result be? How can I find personal peace and where is God when I suffer? This book, Darkness Before Dawn, gives readers the answers needed to understand what is happening in the world around them, know what direction our world is taking, how you are involved, and how it will end. We'd love you to get a copy of this little book today. Uh, so after the break, we'll give you the code where you can text in, write down the number 0488880891. This is Love is a Good Thing by Andrew Peterson. Dragged me out and left me there for dead It took all the freedom I wanted Gave me something else instead Blew my mind, it bled me dry It hit me like a long goodbye Nobody here knows better than I That it's a good thing Love is a good thing It'll fall like rain on your parade Laugh at the plans that you tried to make Wear you down till your heart just breaks And it's a good thing Love is a good thing It'll wake you up in the middle of the night It'll take just a little too much It'll burn you like a cinder Till you're tender to the touch It'll chase you down and swallow you whole It'll make your blood run hot and cold Like a thief in the night It'll steal your soul And that's a good thing Love is a good thing It'll follow you down to the ruins of the great divide Open the wounds that you tried to hide There in the rubble of the heart that died You'll find a good thing Cause love is a good thing Love is a good thing 
You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're finishing up our program today with Peter Watts on the topic of Jonah chapter 4, Winners and Whingers. I love that song. It, it talks about, I guess, some confusing aspects. Sometimes we don't understand God's love as a good thing, but it is a good thing. And mm. uh, Jonah didn't understand God's love as being a good thing because he didn't want those people to be saved. So, um, And again, once again, he's sitting outside the city. He had this cover of the plant. Then that goes away. He's angry at God again, or still angry. Just he's an angry, he's an angry prophet. <laughs> he is at this point. He's you know he's angry at God for being because God is compassionate. Ultimately, now before we go on, I've got to give that code because I did promise. I've just forgotten that. Yeah, so the code to. for the book today is Jonah number three. No spaces. Jonah number three. Text it into zero four eight 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 zero eight nine one. That's for the book Darkness Before Dawn. We'd love you to text us in, Jonah 3, no spaces, and uh, we'll be able to get a book copy out to you. All right, let's, um, we'll finish off reading the chapter. So we are now up to, I think, verse 9 through 11. So there's only three more verses in the chapter to read. So this is Jonah 4, 9 to 11. Then God said to Jonah, it is, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, it is right for me to be angry, even to death. But the Lord said, You have had pity on the plant for which you have not laboured, nor made it grow, which came up in a, in a night and perished in a night. And should I not pity Nineveh, that great city in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock? Mm. And that's it. That's it. That's it the finishes. Story. Yeah, it's it's very interesting story because... It a- ends with a question yeah. from God, mm. and I think that's um, quite uh, obviously deliberate in that uh, we believe that Jonah probably penned this book, mm. inspired by God. He was uh, Because I think that Jonah obviously learned some things out of this whole experience. But it ends with that question, I believe, not only because it's a question to Jonah, but it's actually a question to us where we are being asked, how do you respond to this story? How do you uh, feel about the Ninevites being saved and, and so forth? And sometimes I think, you know, when uh, God is asking you about the plant here, he's saying you're, uh, you're, you're concerned uh, about things that are of very much less significance, but mm. you're not concerned about those things of great significance, like the 120,000 people mm. in Nineveh. And, uh, you know, it, it's interesting, he says, and much livestock at the end there. Yeah, I just yeah. think that that is thrown in there because even animals are worth more than plants. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in other words, even even caring for the life of an animal is worth more than you worrying about the plant. Mm. And so, um, you know, God is, is saying, get things in perspective, Jonah. Mm. You know, you're, you're um, really concerned about yourself is what it is. He that, was concerned about the plant because it gave him shame. Yeah, that's what I keep coming back to, this niggling feeling in me, that there's this benefit for him in the plant. Yeah. He benefited from that. Yeah. And, and that's when the it only went reason away, he was interested in it. Yeah, and that was the reason. When it went away, he was angry again. Yeah. But he didn't benefit from the people of Nineveh. Yeah. And so, you yeah, know, right. why should he care? Yeah. Well, Makes, what, whether they know. live or die, what, <laughs> yeah. what is it to me? And yeah. I think as believers, that, you know, we can think about this in our own town, in our own street, yeah. in our own home. Mm. You know, uh, 
we can sometimes have this attitude of selfish salvation. Mm. In other words, I'm saved. That's all that really matters. You know, other people, they can make their own decisions. I have, you know, nothing to do with with, uh, their making their decision. That's up to them. Mm. Uh, So long as I'm saved and I'm in a relationship with God and I want to go to heaven and I want to live forever, um, whereas actually God saves us for the purpose of reaching out to others. And um, we see that uh, time and time again in the Bible, particularly in the New Testament. Um, have a look at um, Matthew five forty four and 46, uh, 44 to 46. Yep. And it says... These are the words of Jesus. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? All right, so that's a good passage from the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is basically saying, if you want to be like God, you've got to love those that actually don't like you, that would hate you, that would persecute, that would even you know um, make war against you. And that's certainly what the Ninevites had done against Jonah's people. And, uh, you know, uh, I think it was, a, I think it might have been Abraham Lincoln who said, the best way to defeat your enemies is to make them your friends. Mm. Um, and I, and this is essentially what God is trying to do here for the Ninevites. He's, he's turning enemies into friends. And um, he's trying to help Jonah to see that that is his mission and motive and that that should be Jonah's mission and motive also. There's that other verse that says, um, you know, when we love those who who hate us, it's like pouring coals of fire on their head. <laughs> Somebody I know uh uh, always thought that that was a way of getting back at somebody by by being kind to them <laughs> because it was going to pour coals on them. Well, but, it um, becomes <laughs> it becomes uncomfortable if somebody if I'm mean to somebody mm. but they're kind to me. Mm. There's like a bit of cognitive dissonance yeah, there. In a, that this is challenge. not supposed to happen. This is mm. not what you're supposed to respond with, mm. and that's precisely what the gospel tells us mm. to respond with. You know, do not respond to evil with evil, but respond to evil with good, mm. and uh, it and then can form that change of heart. I just wanted to look at a couple of things as we come to the end of this study of the book of Jonah. And, uh, you know, we've, we've said before when we got to the end of chapter 1, beginning of chapter 2, when Jonah is swallowed by the great fish. That's probably the biggest element that people remember mm. from this story. Um, and probably one of the reasons why they think that this, you know, some people think this story is allegory, um, so you know, like a fairy tale. Like a fairy tale. Mm. It's not really real. Mm. But that's not the way Jesus treated it. Jesus uh, definitely regarded Jonah as an historical character. Mm. And it's also worth remembering that there are actually nine miracles, uh, at least nine miracles in this story. Um, and you could say, you know, if there are 120,000 people in Nineveh, there's 120,000 miracles. But mm. that's another story. Um, but there are no miracles in the story, not just the great fish. So uh, a, a great wind came up on the sea, and we're told that that was something that God brought. Um, the lot fell on Jonah. You remember when they cast lots in yep. the boat? The lot fell on Jonah. The storm was calm. That was miraculous. Then you've got God prepared the great fish, and that's the one that people really um, focus, focus on. on. Yep. But what are the odds of a great fish that you just, you've, has just swallowed you is going to vomit you up yep. three days later onto mm. the beach? Um, then God prepared a plant. God prepared a worm. God prepared an east wind. Mm. 
Uh, and that's interesting because it uses the same word as God prepared the great fish. So all of these elements are supernatural. Uh, and then, of course, the, the biggest one is the greatest miracle of all is the conversion of Nineveh. And as I say, that's probably not one miracle, but 120,000 miracles. Um, because sometimes we think in the Bible that the biggest miracles that God does is walking on water or parting the Red Sea or feeding the 5,000. But the greatest miracles of the Bible is when sinners turn into saints, mm. where there is a conversion, a turning of heart, where we turn from sin to salvation. And that's God's intention for Nineveh. And it's God's intention for people today. It's God's intention for each one of us. And it's God's intention for us to help others, I guess, uh, come to know him so they can also enjoy the uh, privilege of knowing God mm. and uh, turning away from a, an old life. Well, next week, as we mentioned earlier, we'll be replaying some episodes from earlier in the year, and so you'll be listening to The Apprenticeship, episode number one, for uh, on Tuesday next week. So do join us for that. Tomorrow will be Tabitha's last time on air uh, as the host of uh, the program with Daniel tomorrow. They'll be talking about the Bible as a marriage counsellor. So do tune in for that tomorrow. And, uh, of course, remember the free book offer for today, Darkness Before Dawn. Um, that's Jonah 3 is the code word, Jonah 3, 0488 Well, Peter, um, enjoy your break. I will. I'll be travelling over to the we'll be, US. We'll for, be back before you know it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be uh, on holiday and uh, business over there in terms of... Well, have a safe trip. Yeah, I'll be back uh, in July, so... We will talk to you all then, and uh, we just hope you have a great day wherever you are. This is Don't Forget His Love by Ellie Holcomb. Such a great message. God be with you today. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise the
Praise the 